What is happening, folks? How the hell are you getting on? Got a very, very enjoyable episode this week. My good mate, Matt Lynch, who is a professional wrestler and a personal trainer, has joined me for an excellent episode where we go through some some of the reasons why he got into wrestling and you know for a lot of us uh, young fellas and some girls as well uh, when we were younger watching wrestling we just wanted to be like The Rock we wanted to be like Stone Cold The Undertaker Triple H all of those and for for me it was really cool to see somebody who actually got to chase their dream obviously now he's not at WWE level he's still in in the London uh, the London scene which is still fucking brilliant he's still chasing his dreams and he's a PT so we chat about the training that goes into it and what it's really like so if you're a wrestling fan get your ass ready for a slobber knocker and we're live uh, thank you for coming on to the podcast uh, Matt first live podcast I've done so it's an honor to have you here. It's an honor to be here. Wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. It's the first time I heard that. Yeah, I, I have to get a proper mic stand, so I'm just going to have to hold up this <laughs> mic the whole way through, but it's fuck cool. it, be grand. I like it. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know you, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm Matt. I met Darren uh, on our personal trainer course. We did the PT course together uh, two years ago now, three years ago now. Yeah. I tried not to laugh there because I'm like looking at you through the, this fucking screen, man. And, uh, yes, I've known Darren that long. I do um, wrestling as well, for wrestling, uh, as well as PT and uh, gym instructor work. And used to do acting. Class. That's, that's, that's me. How long is it since you've been acting? Oh, uh, 2017, I started wrestling training. So yeah, 2017, I started wrestling training and uh, that was the last time I acted really. I was kind of like, I did a beginner's course and uh, for wrestling and just to see how it would go and really, really enjoyed it and things moved a bit quicker. So I just thought, uh, rather than, uh, can I swear? Yeah, you can. Oh, so rather, rather than rather than like half assing, oh no, it's already swearing. Uh, rather than like, <laughs> oh my god, that is the most. <laughs> that's the most polite. polite. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, rather than like half assing, like that's all my, all my eggs in one basket with wrestling, guys, and haven't stopped yet. So still class, man, class. And that was one thing. Whenever, whenever I met you first, and I, I, you told me that you wrestled, I was like, fair fucking play to you. That's <laughs> like a, something a lot of uh, young people would have maybe aspired to do but they told himself nah that's that's silly you can't really uh, actually do that yeah well that was that was pretty much how it was like I went to drama school I started and wrestling was like always that thing that I was like, oh, I'd love to give it a go I'd mm. love to try just to see like what it's like or just to say I've been in a ring but always found you know the reason not to well never put any effort into actually finding out how to how I could train or whatever like and then um one day I've just been talking more and more and more about it because acting had gone quiet. And then my wife was just like, well, there's a train. She came home from work and was like, I found three training schools in London. This one does a beginner's course. It's in Brixton. We live 10 minutes from Brixton. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. And yeah, that's how it all started. Because I definitely wouldn't have done anything about it. It would have always been a pipe dream if it wasn't for her saying, because that's just like me. I just sort of always go, yeah, I'd like to try that. That's but like, I never like, that's like uh, in Rocky, whenever Adrian goes <laughs> and like, you can do it, Rocky. And like, no, he, he wasn't training like yeah. well and he wasn't doing well until she came. <laughs> no, yeah, she, she is, she is my Adrian. Are you going to give her a wee Adrian shirt? So I, I, oh, I, do, I do that every day. That's how I wake her up. That's <laughs> alarm clock. Brilliant. Um, and how long were you acting? What oh, was, what was, do, do you want to take us through? The start, what were you like when in the early stages of that? <laughs> what was Matt, uh, where was Matt's head there? Oh, I was good. Always like, always enjoyed it, like, you know, at school or whatever. I wasn't in really any sort of like stage groups or anything like that when I was a kid. It was always called, kind of, yeah, play football. Like, that's like, you know, like I didn't really do any acting at school until I was about 15 and you could actually take it as a subject. But I always okay. knew, I always knew. You can take it as a subject. Yeah, like drama. You could just, oh. so we didn't get, like the school I went to, we couldn't do a drama class until we were in year 10. Right. So, uh, and yeah, I did that and like knew I'd enjoy it. 
because I'd always been sort of bummy and show offy and stuff like that, <laughs> annoying child. And then, uh, yeah, did drama school, decided that's where I wanted to go and uh, go to a drama school. Was lucky enough to get onto a one year course and then got onto a three year um, BA at a drama school called Aura, which is in Wandsworth. And um, why did you pronounce it like that? Because you kind of have to. You have to. Um, so yeah, and then uh, left there and had an had an agent and was did did a few odd jobs like the same experience most people have when they leave drama school or when they're just sort of starting in the acting industry. Like there's very few people who hit the ground running and manage to sort of maintain that. It is a slog. Uh, I got frustrated with it. I was 25. I was just like, oh. And I, I was kidding myself that I was working hard. I wasn't working hard. Like, I wasn't chasing auditions. I was just sitting there sulking because I've been rejected from these auditions that my agent had managed to get me. And I was finding ways to sort of blame other things and stuff like that. So like, I, if I'd have worked harder and had a work ethic, that was the work ethic that is required to be an actor in terms of finding yourself work, it probably would have been a different story or I would have done something by now. Mm. Maybe, maybe, because it's never guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I didn't. And so I've, I've, it's always like acting was something that I want to do again. So I'm sure, I'm, I hope I will. And then maybe having learned that, it'll be a different experience, we'll see, but. Yeah, do you think maybe, uh maybe you, you had that passion of wrestling maybe in the back of your mind and maybe that was filtering in at any stage or was that never really a thing? I was... Yeah, like it was always kind of wrestling was, the, I've always been a fan of wrestling mm. and wrestling was, acting was a dream and an ambition, mm. but wrestling was the dream, the kind of thing that you were like, well, that will never happen, but yeah. imagine how crazy and amazing it would be if it could. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm living the dream. But I'm really, really like happy that I've managed to like have a wrestling match in front of a crowd, you yeah. Know? And like, <laughs> so, like there, there are there are a few people who know me, like fans and stuff, who know me as JJ Lynch. You might follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And like, if you'd have told, like, it's not a high level at all. But if you'd have told me that when I was at drama school, like, oh, one day you'll be a wrestler and people will kind of know who you are in certain circles, I'd be like, that's coolest That's thing ever like, <laughs> the 10 year old me is popping right now so. absolutely like fair yeah. fucking play to you and yeah. like, I, I love that shit like people like pigeonhole themselves so much as they get older that they can't do things they can't try things and they'll be afraid to make what would people would say like rash decisions hmm. but like sometimes those decisions are what's going to make you happy in in some sense and give you more purpose no totally like and i think it is very easy like i've talked myself out of things and everyone everyone talks themselves out of things because the whole like taking a taking a leap and a chance and something and yeah i did wrestling and yeah i went to drama school which were like ambitious but there's plenty of plenty of shit that i haven't done or like missed an opportunity on because i found well i was just scared of it and, like mm. there's lots of ways that can manifest and you can kind of say oh no but i'm not there like i'm not going to say that i'm sitting here like i'm seized the day like i'm, <laughs> I'm sort of it, it's cool but it took a Less so drama school. I got, I was really lucky there, like um, auditioning and getting in like as quick as I did because I know people audition for, uh, can be auditioning for like three or four years before they get in because it is obviously quite selective. There's a lot of people who audition for like not many places. So I, I do know how lucky I, I was with that. But wrestling, it took a lot of, oh, I can't do that. Oh, no, I can't do that. Like, no, that's stupid. I'm not a wrestler. I'm five foot nine. And at the time, like, 10 stone like i can't do that <laughs> and like um yeah as i said earlier going back to it my wife was like can you just do that so you stop out not every conversation has to come back to oh, i'd like to give wrestling a try <laughs> so, like, <laughs> and, you know, that was it she was bored of the conversation so she made me go and try it but then that well jokes on her because now i'm just always talking about wrestling <laughs> so, hey she got it she got herself yeah into that. it's her it's your own fault <laughs> um and um when it came to wrestling what was uh who were your inspirations early on like who did you kind of look to to maybe like learn how how about the go the go about your craft uh what like favorite wrestlers and stuff like that yeah, yeah that, like you know so what? um so yeah like i was always drawn to 
So I've, I've often wondered, like, why are the, my favorite wrestlers my favorite wrestlers? And I was always drawn to the people because I was never tall. I was always kind of small-ish, but average all the way through. And I was always drawn to, like, the smaller guys like Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, um, all the people who weren't put over as big guys, but great wrestlers. Do you know what I mean? And their matches are brilliant. But And, like, I'm not saying I wasn't a massive fan of The Undertaker or Triple H or The Rock. Or like, I was big fans of those, but I wasn't they weren't like my guys and then you had yeah like jeff hardy like um all that sort of lot from from that age um eddie guerrero you know like, guerrero, uh, like <laughs> he's a man isn't he? oh, um, man. but there's uh yeah like all those people were always the ones that i'd watch and go yeah i like you know that's what i'd be like if i was a wrestler like, yeah. I'd, I'd want a character like that or those those are the type of things i do and that's what I do. Like a lot of my moves are just Chris Jericho's moves. <laughs> Still a fanboy. Hey, but, um, look, all every wrestler had to find part of the game from somebody else. Everybody, but in any anything, not much original stuff lying around. No, music, music people hear other people's stuff and they try and emulate it to a degree as well. It's the same in exactly. almost everything. Exactly. Put your own spin on it. Imitation. Exactly, exactly. Someday soon, somebody will be imitating JJ Lynch. Do you reckon? <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> so where did, the, where did that kind of character or persona kind of come out of? Yeah, so like, well, yeah, when I'm wrestling, I'm called uh, uh, JJ Lynch. JJ is just my two middle names. Jack and Joseph put together. I was speaking to a guy who I'm still friends with from my beginner course, and we were kind of saying, oh, what's your wrestling name going to be? What's your wrestling name going to be? And like I always thought, Lynch was like quite a like a like a punchy word. It's a it's a it's like a Lynch is cool. There's like wrestlers in the WWE with the last name Lynch. I was like, yeah, I was like Lynch was is my name, so cool. And then my mate was like, what's your middle name? I was like, Jack and Joseph. He was like, well, JJ Lynch. I was like, yeah, that's cool. That sounds fun. So and how I found my character. So like when you're starting out and you're trying to figure out what your gimmick is. <laughs> that's why like people like Bray Wyatt are so they're amazing but because they're like they're more of a character than a lot of other things that you're seeing and people go oh. so there's a lot of like Bray Wyatt-y type gimmicks flying around training schools right, right. <laughs> so like uh, so but for me I was doing like oh I don't know. I don't even know, but just like stuff that wasn't suited to me. It was like me having to play someone. And when you're learning to wrestle and trying to combine that with playing something that doesn't come completely natural to you, mm. it, it, it's hard. Or <laughs> yeah. you'll get, you'll be like, oh, that's rubbish because you, you don't know how to wrestle yet. Yeah. So you're trying to focus. So they you... all, there's, the, there's the old trope that you're. A gimmick should be your personality turned up to 11 and I was kind of looking but like you don't want to just have the same gimmick as some, you don't want to have the same character as what because there's always like what is cool in wrestling and a lot of people will follow that but I was kind of but it's good to tr I think to try and start from a point of thinking like okay well what's ev not everybody doing mm. like what's not the pattern and there's kind of this thing of like, I was looking around seeing a lot of people like coming through the comb with like their long, long hair and like all jacked up and they're cool like leather jackets and stuff. And I was like, they're like really cool. And everyone was being like, looked cool. And their gimmick was like, yeah, they're cool. I'd want to hang out with them. Mm. And then I was like sitting there going, I'm not really cool. I'm not a cool person. Like <laughs> I just, I don't have long hair. I can bet like the hair's can't fall out of my head quick enough and <laughs> like, and i'm not i was always into like che like cheesy music or i had that sort of doofusy like in between a sense of humor kind of thing so i was like what if i'm openly uncool and then i was on the train listening to westlife which is an <laughs> incredibly common occurrence and yeah. then and uh <laughs> and then i was I think it might have been a line, but it just popped. It was in my head, and it was like, "Oh, everyone has like a, or everyone has a guilty pleasure. Everyone has that guilty pleasure." Yeah. And I kind of went, "Oh, 
that's kind of cool. So the, the wrestling gimmick became your guilty pleasure, JJ Lynch. Mm. As in, I'm not cool. You wouldn't be the first thing in the conversation. You, you, you're not, but everyone has a guilty pleasure. Yeah. I'm your guilty pleasure in wrestling. I'm not cool, but you like me anyway. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's cool. That's a bit different. So I'll go down that route. I like that. I like that a lot. And that's one thing I don't think you should even be guilty of a bit of Westlife. Oh, absolutely no not. guilt. The, no guilt, no the guilt is gone. Yeah, the guilt is completely gone. The guilt was kind of there in like later school times. Where you'd be well, then, uh, <laughs> no, not there now. Loud and proud, my friend. <laughs> and uh, when you started off in wrestling early, what was the training like? How hard did you find that? Because uh, I started wrestling a bit later, and I was a big enough fan to kind of watch. Uh, like all sh- all the shoot interviews and people talking about the industry, like on YouTube and all the documentaries that were released, I knew training was tough. I knew it was a, it was it was hard. You have to learn to you have to learn to land in like various different ways. You have to learn to take moves. You have to learn to take strikes, and you've also got to have a level of fitness. So I had that kind of uh, respect for it already. So when I knew that I'd booked onto the beginners course, I made sure that I was in the gym training hard so at least when i turned up i wouldn't be behind in my fitness that wouldn't be something that would be a hindrance like if i'm crap at wrestling i'm crap at wrestling but at least the the warm-up ain't gonna burn me out do you know what i mean like the so at least i'd have that going for me and that is one piece of that is the piece of advice i would give for people who are going to do wrestling training or want to start wrestling training is respect the level of fitness that you have to be at in order to, um, well, progress quicker, be safe wrestling, and also like get the best experience out of it. Really, mm. I would say, like, because if you turn up sort of going with the idea of wrestling will get me in shape, you'll be like, because oh. it's going, it's like going from naught to a hundred because the it's the cardio driven ones. It's all like body weight exercises over and over and over again, yeah. just like right. 10 push-ups, 20 burpees, back foot, like 500 squats, crack them out. Like that kind of, like it's a strain on your muscle. You need to have some strength, but it's cardio. Mm. And if, you do, if you're not there and you jump straight in, you're going to have a tough time and you're probably not going to enjoy it. And then your head will tell you, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And you, so, won't, <laughs> you won't be able to gain the skills. If you're, yeah. if you're, fatig- if you're too fatigued, you can't gain, mm. can't gain skills. It's... um. It's one thing I find in uh, back home with Gaelic uh, Gaelic football, and not so sure about Harlan, but Gaelic football anyway. Uh, a lot of people go to the training to try and get fit. Yeah, and they exactly. Depend, they depend exactly. on one or two sessions a week to get them fit, mm. and then they're expected to improve their skills. That's the, that's each the only training that they do, and yeah. then they're uh, expected to win games. And the fitness needs to be done by yourself. You need to take that upon yourself. If yeah. you if you do it if you're doing it because you enjoy it, you should try and get the best experience out of it exactly exactly and that, that's the kind of thing yeah taking it back to wrestling that's the thing like if you decide that uh roles and taking moves and the whole thing of wrestling isn't for you that is that's fine if you don't enjoy that side of it, it's fine but like don't let don't be beaten before you've even started mm-hmm. with thinking i will get into shape through wrestling because mm-hmm. i can't I, that's a recipe for disaster yeah basic <laughs> basically basically um and with your own training now currently like uh, what sort of stuff would you do to keep yourself in shape for performing obviously now we with the uh, covid uh, your trainings had to adapt uh, so you can talk through maybe what it was like before maybe what you've been doing while so i was kind know. of like leaning towards it um before lockdown but lockdown's kind of pushed it over the hill in terms of my thoughts about it because for a long time I was trained like even after when I was doing the PT course and stuff I was like training for how I thought I should be training mm. like okay right in wrestling you need to be up, so I need to lift weights and I was uh, I was doing a lot of training that was not not working but I wasn't enjoying like I knew the gym session was coming up that I booked that I'd sort of had put in for myself and I'd look at it like this is like boring or I hate that bit and I'd already be like like before I'd started and you kind of get through it but you wouldn't feel like you'd had a good sesh because you were just hating it the whole time so like I've started particularly towards the end of last year like start the important thing is that you like find a way to enjoy your training 
find a way to be doing something that keeps you in good shape and gets you looking the way you want to look, but you have fun when you're doing it. Mm. It's not the be all and end all. And I know there are people out there who can force themselves to enjoy a certain style of training that they maybe don't like at the start and like more power to them. But I can't do that. Like my head is just like, I'm too there going, no, no, we're good. And I just, I won't train as hard as I should train. Mm. So I started before lockdown doing a lot of like Metconny training and a lot of um, like body weight and like lifting weights, but in a cardio kind of environment. And because I can't, like, I've got myself to a size uh, like where I sort of fluctuate between um, 78 and 82 kilograms where I've been there for quite a while and I don't want to get bigger than that and why do I train mainly for wrestling like mm. I, I have that in my head yeah I have that in my head when I'm in the gym this is for wrestling like that's the process that goes on so and in wrestling I'm not a massive guy I'm not going to be required to do a lot of heavy lifting I can lift people within reason <laughs> like uh, but that's not my sort of bread and butter. I'm more likely to be lifted and I need to do a lot of the running because I do like a lot of underdog character. I do a lot of like getting beaten up. And if you're take, if you're getting beaten up properly, you should be really out of breath. It should be the most tiring thing ever if you're doing it properly. And by getting beaten up, he means getting hit in the head with an object. I went to see one of his shows and it was a, it was a very, very enjoyable match. What did you get hit in the head with? Uh, it was like it a the, toolbox. It was, it was the top of a tool. Top box. of a toolbox. Oh, so we. Were, so that was a. <laughs> so that was the first one. In that, was, that was a. That was an I quit. I quit. That was yes. an I quit match. It was an and I we've been match. talking to him before, and I was like, right, well, I'll, I'll have you in the hold, and then you'll be struggling and struggling. And that can be like a good moment where people think you're going to quit, and then I'll put a weapon on and like make my hold more painful. And he was like. Oh, okay, and then maybe like I'll get to the ropes and pull myself up. And I was like, "Yeah, wicked." But uh, like just before, he was like, mm, "I might hit you with the head of <laughs> with the lid of the toolbox." And I was looking at it; it's just a bit of plastic. And you're like, "Oh yeah, whatever. That'd be fucking fine." Like I don't need to get my hands up. I'm just, I'm just fine. I can take that. And he, he pulls his lid, and as he's, I can see it coming, and he's doing this spot, and he's pulled the top off, and he's pulled it completely like off the box. And look at him like. That's a, like in the split second, like that looks a lot more solid than I <laughs> had in the back of my mind. And you just go, whack. And I genuinely was like, oh my God. Like, like he hit me so hard at it that a bit of the plastic like flipped off it and he broke the lid. And I was going, oh, that was a lot sore. And then <laughs> that was a nice little egg on top of my head. <laughs> Man, that sounded very sore and it looked very sore. Just Dana was, Dana, Dana was like, grab me. <laughs> it was just one of those moments where you go, you go like, yeah, it'll be fine. And then you go, ah, just it's about to happen. <laughs> like, oh, we oh. a great crack at that. That was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. That was a good one. That was a very, very, very good. Um, mm. And I'll be looking forward to when, you know, in the future, whenever there's events allowed when to happen, fun. whenever that, whenever that will be. Yeah, I know. Right? Um, but uh, coming back to like your training and, mm. You were speaking that like you train there for wrestling. Mm. Do you think maybe that's something that maybe a lot of people kind of go down the wrong path and they train just to get big? I wouldn't call it the wrong, or not the wrong way, but maybe um, they take they take too one sided of approach. It's not a wrong pattern. It works for some people. Yeah, every I, every I, approach I, works for some people. Well, I would say like it's quite an important breakthrough that I've had, like finding what works for me and how to get the most out of my training because i think in the gym in general a lot of people were just going with like like fads come in for a reason like there's very like because it's a very good way of training but like crossfit everyone just goes like okay i should like look to the crossfit games on netflix or like the people like the results and gone oh, i'm gonna do that i want to look like that mm. i need to train crossfit and crossfit is sick but even if you start doing it, like building yourself up and you're not having a good time, chances are you'll still be like, oh no, but that I need to get the results that CrossFit gives you. Mm. I will carry on training this exact way and not like tweaking it mm. because that's they're, what everyone says. They're sold the CrossFit. Exactly. It's, it's, it's almost like a cult. <laughs> yeah. And no, no disrespect to anybody who actually is in the CrossFit gyms. They're a great environment. You know the type of gyms that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, like for example, that like people will go on what they think they should be doing rather than, or what they've been told to do rather than 
what's actually best for them or what's their best gym experience. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Anyway. Well, that's my, that's what was happening to me. Yeah. Cause I, cause I think fig- I figured I, for ages, I was like, I stopped and went, why am I just not having fun? Like, why is the gym a chore? Mm. Like, I'm, it, it's my job. I'm in the, I work in the gym as a way to make money. And then when I train, why is more often than not feeling like a chore? That's not a good thing. And then it's not the fact that, oh, I don't want to be a BT or I hate fitness. It's just because I was not doing stuff that I liked. And also being in the gym all day and then training mm-hmm. there. That's also a big thing I found. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't been a PT, you can never know what the feeling's like. It's not like when you walk in a bar. It's it's funny the <laughs> bars work differently in the gym. Sometimes, but for a lot of people, being in that environment all day, walking when you want to train there, it's hard for some mm. people to get motivated mm. or to get stuck into it. It mm. depends on the environment. Some gyms create a good environment that, like, kind of everybody works together, to, like almost keep each other on check with training. You know, mm. um, yeah. But like <laughs> with bars, if you're in the bar all day. <laughs> It won't stop you from yeah, drinking like, in the bar all yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, I would say I, on the whole, I enjoy my training more when it's before my shift, mm. when I train before shift. Like, and don't get me wrong, like a lot of times if, I'm, if I know I'm training after my shift, I'll be like, oh, good, yeah, that's fine. I'll be, like you said, in the bar, I'll be seeing other people in the gym and going, oh, that'd be me in a few hours, good. Mm. But sometimes you're just like, oh, I wish I could just go home. Mm. it's a hard it's a hard battle um i think it is a lot to do with the workload as well if you're mm. Mm. obviously it's hard if you're working long hours with not much breaks it's, it, it can be hard uh, but if you you're able to manage that it kind of eliminates that to a good degree yeah, yeah, yeah i know sometimes i work crazy hours and then give my time self time to train and maybe till late night and just sometimes you're just like don't want to be in here no. anymore i just want to go home <laughs> yeah yeah and like Kind of going off on that on a tangent, that's another thing in terms of training that I'd kind of started incorporating or like actually bothering to formulate um, a plan with is rest, incorporating rest into my training. Because like I was was like doing my shifts at work or um, if I'd be finishing work and then training and going to wrestling training or spending time with my wife or spending time with my friends and I'd just be like, I am always dead. And it was it was just like I'm sleeping enough. I'm not getting rubbish sleep mm. on the whole, but I've just got no energy. And it's because you're 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 overtraining. A lot of the time you're just overtraining. And I was because I was going under recovering. That's 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 a two. Yeah, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so when you actually think it's better to have three sessions in the gym where you're absolutely on fire than six where you're kind of flagging for the last 40 percent right like Mm. it's better to do three quality gym sessions than six all right ones yeah and that's the like that's that would be the case if you're trying to build strength or if you're trying to get fit mm. for sport if you're trying to build muscle you Mm. know the quality of work is always going to be a massive massive thing you know when people ask like what's the biggest piece of advice you can get uh give me to get bigger or to get stronger Mm fucking work hard when you're training you push yourself hard like mm. you do have to push yourself to uh, like high levels to tough places to get really good results no I agree. you know like a lot of people aren't willing to do that work or accept that that's a big part of it no and it's like it sounds really patronizing but it's like you trick yourself into thinking you're working hard yeah absolutely like you, you go oh that was that was tough I've, I'm, and it's like mm, but it actually was you've just worked hard enough to get a sweat on and get the heart rate up and you your muscles will feel sore i guess but still a good session like yeah yeah but like it was comfortable Mm. you didn't do anything like if you're training properly i think like you there should at least be at least one point in your workout where you go to failure or you just genuinely can't do what you're doing anymore because you're like oh man like i've really pushed myself beyond Mm. what i'm capable or like what i'm what I know I'm capable of. You're yeah. touching around those areas. I would, I would, I would kind of look at it as like depending on what you're doing. So for a lot of sports, um, it might, it may be different. Um, you maybe don't want to go to failure because you want to save your energy for yeah, uh, that might that was, for yeah, the sport yeah. itself. That's a bad example, but I just, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that wasn't the right way to say yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. I think there is I times where going to failure is the way forward. 
if if you're looking to sort of there is you're doing like a burnout session mm. but it's probably the wrong phrasing like what i meant was just like going yeah, beyond what you know you can do yeah, yeah like yeah because yeah. yeah, you'll get to a point where you're like i know i can do four sets of 10 reps of 25 kg chest press mm. you know you can do that yeah so put another set on like do you know what i mean like you don't know you can do that and yeah. then if that's easy you go like right well i'm still if that felt very like yeah i got that Give it a go then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Sorry. would agree. I knew, I knew, I just wanted to clear no, it up. No, 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 you're right, you're, um, right, you're, right, you're right. But uh, like I would take that approach, like with training a lot of the times that um, you almost feel it out in the day, like for certain exercises. Mm. Like sometimes I might be like, right, I'll do Olympic lifts at a certain weight mm. and I'll do a certain amount of sets depending on how I feel. Mm. I know a lot of the times if I had a coach there or if I had somebody there, the effort would be a, better mm. and that's one thing people don't understand there is a massive benef- benefit for having somebody mm. um, like all these movies with like senses and like uh, coaches that like glorify that position because it actually can have a massive impact mm. um oh, I, man, I, I you, like if you're a good if if you have a good pt if or like if you're a good pt or a coach in it, yeah make a huge difference to someone's training mm. make a huge difference to it and uh like i think of any of the times that i use in my 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 fittest and like best like mental like mindset when it came to sport right and it was always because of coaches and kind of the environment and the training um that's one thing that i'd say is Mm. is uh probably a big thing for people uh what would you say the wrestling environment is like was regarding the training is like is it quite competitive or is it like the kind of everybody work together to, to benefit each other like um there's different approaches from different people. There are the people who who are encouraged. There's definitely an atmosphere of like you don't stop, like you keep going, like don't quit, just don't quit. Like in terms of when you're doing blow up drills or like stamina drills in the ring, don't stop, like don't quit on yourself, just keep going. And there is there is the whole sort of like oh, you can't do it, right, well, get yourself in the gym and make sure you can because you shouldn't be around a wrestling ring if these drills should be difficult, but you should be able to complete them. Mm. And if you can't, that's the sign that you need to train harder because at the end of the day, at the core of it, and yeah, like some people were like kind of dicks about it. Like you should never make, I don't think you should ever make someone feel um, insecure or small about it there's ways to tell people to work harder and that they're not at the level they should be without fucking making them feel one inch tall yeah but um at the end of the at the root of it the, the reason is safety like wrestling is dangerous and if you're not fit chances are you or your chances are massively raised that you could hurt yourself or somebody else absolutely so you need to be at a certain level that is very important yeah so like training like training for you like the physical training like in the gym that's a big part of um like your job like you have to make sure you're in good shape first um and make sure you stay healthy mm-hmm. is there was there any injuries or anything like that early on that you or maybe growing pains whenever you started wrestling first um nothing i'm i'm very lucky touchwood uh i've never had uh i've had one concussion which is scary that was scary, but I've never <laughs> um, had an injury uh, that was bad or has made me not be able to train or kept me out. I've had like lumps, lumps and bumps, mm. and bruises, lumps, bumps, bruises, but I've never had anything that would stop me training. You kind of there's this whole thing people do like when you're learning to land, they call it bumping. Mm. When you learn to bump, the first few bumps you'll take, you you'll feel sick. You'll see like little flat because you're just like like land. The ring is harder than you would think. Yeah, the surface and particularly training rings. The training rings are usually harder than the rings you'll get on shows because, and I get why because it's like if you can bump in a training ring, then you'll never have a nasty shock. Mm. Like if your training ring was really like nice and padded and like a lot of show rings are, you might go to a show and they've got a bit of a cheaper ring and you take a bump and like <laughs> shit your pants. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like uh, the training rings are uh, quite high and they call it, you build up like a callus 
Like, and it's kind of like, mm, should I be used to landing that hard on my back and be feeling, <laughs> feeling okay about it? Is that, mm? but you, you, you have that. So I guarantee you when everyone gets, cause your body, when everyone gets back to training after the uh, pandemic is sort of, we're coming out the other side and everyone goes back to training. Those first few bumps are going to be rough. Oh, stop, the train. So like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, because everyone was body will be like completely relaxed from taking all this time off from wrestling. You get yeah. that, like, <laughs> just tense straight back up again. So. Oh, it's gonna be cat. Like I'm, I only got back into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu maybe four weeks mm. before lockdown kicked in, and my body was just starting to get used to, you know, the the, the hands getting yeah, all ripped yeah, apart yeah, from yeah, the gi yeah. and the body, yeah. the bruises in the shoulders, and. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to get used to it yeah, again. No, but I love the soft, pain. Soft, soft fingers. Yeah, soft, so soft fingers <laughs> and feet as well. I'd be getting mat burned the whole time. My feet, um, terrible skin. Hey, Gross. soft, soft. <laughs> and I'm from the country, where you think my skin would be a bit, little bit tougher. A little bit tougher, yeah. <laughs> me, but you'd be ashamed of me. <laughs> um, when it comes to <clears throat> the PT side of things, you've obviously um, you've been working at Nuffield, and you've obviously you've obviously uh, been involved in group fitness as well which is what the side of it you said you enjoy the most hmm. you think that's a that's like a direct kind of translation from your acting days and kind of performance yeah. it all kind of links in together doesn't it yeah yeah definitely i'd say that's like what i'm drawn to like pretty much my whole adult life i've had it in my head that um or that's why i like performing in front of people <laughs> and so like i i enjoy personal training but I get more of like I get more excited about teaching a class. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been uh, in this job. I've been in this job uh, a year now uh, with Nuffield, and they've given me the chance to teach a lot of classes, which is wicked. Like you can teach class when you're on shift, and they also give you the opportunity to like train and get qualified to teach more classes too. And um, <laughs> and. Uh, and that's what I enjoy more now. I don't know whether it's something to do with when I'm on shift, I get to like not be on reception. I can teach a class, but like, I don't, <laughs> but, that's all right, but, yeah, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, it's the kind of thing that I enjoy more. So I think at this point in time, that's what I'd like to explore more in the future and maybe go like freelance in the future as a class teacher, go, go around. Like I'd love to be like a Les Mills qualified instructor and mm. stuff. So, uh, yeah. Keep, keep working on your performance skills like is it all translates yeah that's the thing like my my um that's kind of one thing that i can bring to bring into it because the um my because i'm going to do the uh the body pump course soon mm. and my manager was like oh you have to be quite like make sure on the course you're like throwing yourself into it and putting yourself out there and being like bubbly and i was like yeah that bit's like that's that's cool for me like don't worry <laughs> about that like be being that cool like yeah come on and like like getting enthusiastic about it like yeah fine that's not what i'm worried about what i'm what i'm worried about is remembering all the stuff yeah like yeah. all the movements all the movements, all the movements. so yeah i see and uh we were speaking about this before um but like pt and like maybe i don't think it's specific to just like london but like how that and a lot of other industries are quite competitive rather than taking mm. a cooperative sort of approach whereas mm. like people can work together and learn from each other and help each other out, refer people to people who are more qualified in certain areas. But in PT, it doesn't seem to happen too often. Yeah. Well, much like I'm a big softie as well. And yeah. I, I like, I'm very much like, can we all just get along? Yeah, exactly. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm lucky in the um, place that I work that it's not too sharp tanky. There are things, there are sort of like little, like between people in like t terms of PT opportunities or just like other things going on in the gym. But I know, I think the gym environment, like from stories I've heard from people and a sh like a sharp tanky, every, everybody for themselves environment can very, is very much like, I don't know, I wouldn't go as far as say as maybe the norm, but it's like encouraged in a lot of places. And I'm not. I'm not saying that doesn't get results. It's obviously why people do it because it push. It makes people go. Oh, like right. Everyone in here needs to have spoken to twenty people, or like have twenty new clients by the end of two or three months. That pushes people to do it. Yeah, I'm sure it does get results, but it's not. 
the whole competitiveness thing and like looking at other people and everyone looking over their shoulder and like getting all annoyed if someone that you were speaking to has gone with somebody else and, and it just breeds resentment mm. which isn't a particularly healthy thing no. and i'm not sitting here saying like i have all the answers like if you said well what would you do good question but like if i was a manager i'm not a manager i don't want to be a manager <laughs> but it's like a lot of the times where i've encountered people maybe uh like if i've been like they've got something that I wanted like in terms of work or someone else thinks that about me I kind of take a step back sometimes and go how could that have been avoided couldn't we have gone about that in a more productive way mm. without having this kind of there should be processes in place to stop this sort of conflict. yeah and yeah I think it's I think from my experience um it's it's almost like it's not they're telling you to be competitive but it's just the processes that are put in place and the kind of the, the standards that are set and the mm. goals that are set, they kind of enforce you. You have to kind of be aggressive and kind of seek your clients. And yeah. It, take that sort of an attitude if you want to succeed. And, and, and in a lot of places, if you don't do that, you, after a certain period of time, you'll lose your job. Yeah. Because they'll go, or you can't oh, afford well, to pay your rent. Yeah. And like, oh, you haven't got this in your first three months. You haven't got this amount. We can't use you. Mm. And they'll go, boom. And they'll have someone else to replace you like that. Yeah, and you know and who like, loses out in all this? Clients. Mm -hmm. Because the clients don't get the best service because people are too worried about selling and getting more clients and yeah, I can see saving, that, yeah. stopping the clients from leaving. If you're always worried about your clients leaving, you're never going to be able to provide them yeah. a good enough service for a long term. You're only doing things short term to keep them happy. Yeah, I can definitely see. And I can see, I've seen that, that in a lot of commercial gyms in London from experience. Yeah, I, I think the important thing to say is like, it's exact that that whole thing is exaggerated in gyms. Mm. It's kind of more openly openly competitive. Yeah, but I think one of the main problems, like, because from like school, even possibly before school, just the way humans are sometimes wired, just like this whole competitiveness that is built into you from like feeling like a loser or always like, oh, you didn't win in day one, and like, oh, there's this whole like humans i find on the whole find it really hard to be satisfied and content and give themselves a pat on the back for what they've done like I, and i mean properly i i know lots of us have been proud or everyone's been proud of something they've done in their life i'm not saying people don't know how to do that but all those proud moments a lot of the times for me i was like oh i did that really well look at that person over there who's got gone one better yeah it's not good for me it's good for me but you're yeah. not the best you minimize and your yeah. own your own uh, experience mm. by comparing it to somebody else's and i think the whole world is just so obsessed with that obsessed with what everyone else is doing and no mm. one's kind of focused on and like i'm talking a big game but I'm a massive sucker for that. Oh, like yeah. I'm always, always comparing myself to other people, like whether it's wrestling or work or just like life. Yeah. And you know, just like no matter how zen you are, yeah, you, know, you, know, <laughs> you have those patches yeah, where you, you fall back into right, right so. back into them. Mm. And 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 I think yeah, exactly. And it's just a huge obstacle that everyone has to contend with on a daily basis, like not feeling like worth worth it or like feeling smaller than something else or do you feeling insignificant and it's a problem that everyone has to contend with like whether you're uh, i don't know principal but like everyone everyone suffers from that yeah and i think i think that kind of thing is like the norm and just openly that's how it is in mm. a gym but every aspect of the world is like that yeah just in more subtle ways mm. yeah yeah like i was saying earlier it's it's a new enough industry, uh, fitness, mm. and other industries have more subtle ways to promote those sort of messages to kind of mm. enforce them. But because it's all like sporty in the gym, in the gym, everyone's mm. usually if you if you go to work in the gym, you're usually quite physically active, maybe into sport or something like that. You got that kind of sort of like sport brain. That, that there's just a lot of that in the gym where people are like, well, yeah, that's how it is, isn't it? Yeah, like overly masculine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just how it is, you know. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's the, I, I would say 
that's not not all personal trainers are like that, no. but there is some places and some gyms that do mm-hmm. have that sort of and masculinity about them. And yeah, and just the whole bravado and like, and I think it's also hard, even if you're not particularly like that as a person, to not get sucked into that whole kind of vibe, mm. or just like sort of, even if you're not being brash yourself, just like getting sucked into the or getting tricked by it, and you're all just there going, you're all playing that game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different characters in the game, but you're all playing it. No one's going, I'm going to go this way. Yeah, I get you. I get you. And uh, with that, like, obviously, there's nothing wrong with a bit of bravado every now and then. We all love, we all love a wee bit of bravado, but, you know, if that becomes the forefront, yeah, and a negative. It starts affecting somebody else negatively. Exactly. That's where there's an issue. No problem Mm. with a bit of bravado. All my favorite uh, sports stars have bravado. about them, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and when it comes to like your own particular favorite wrestlers, would that be the same ones that you would say you t- took inspiration from? Um, or would, would there be any other particular ones that stand out? Remember, you mentioning Gregory Helms was a big one back <laughs> in the day. I just no, I just found the hurricane really funny, and I thought, like, even like, so I was a kid, uh, 10, 11, when he was kind of um started as the hurricane character. And the way it started was it was when they were doing the WWF versus the Alliance and Stone Cold was the leader of the Alliance and he'd done this speech being like, guys, you're all superheroes. You're all the best. You're the And I thought that was so good that they'd made that. He took that literally like, I am a superhero. And he started dressing in the cape and being the hurricane and he'd go around <laughs> and he'd had this alter ego. And I thought it was, I thought it was really clever because it was the whole, Often wrestlers have called the commentators, oh, these, these superheroes in the ring. And it's like, yeah, why don't just have someone actually be a superhero? Brilliant. Genius. Brilliant. And I didn't even realize that I could do this, but I'm going to pause this recording because I need a piss. Okie doke. <laughs> and we are back. Apologies for the toilet break, but got to go to little little boy's bathroom. Yeah, little boy's room. Yeah. Not little boy's little bathroom. Little boys. <laughs> um, so... We were talking earlier about uh, wrestling documentaries and you were talking about The Undertaker's one, The Last Ride. Mm-hmm. I always find The Undertaker a very interesting character because, man, he's been at it so long. Like, how Oh, long? man, he is the man. Like, what, like, and this documentary, everyone knew, but this documentary just confirms it. Like, the level of respect that he commands and deserves. Um, like, from everyone that works with that company and even everyone who doesn't work with that company. Like, he's just like amazing but like um yeah like yeah i love a good wrestling documentary because like even though we all know that it's predetermined and the people are working like the result is predetermined and we all know that now and you are working together with well you should be working together with the person you're wrestling to put on like a good show it still hurts i fuck but like (laughs) that that is true but we're still obsessed with what goes on behind the scenes because there's still that sort of a element of no one really knows what goes on behind the curtain because you see what happens in the ring, but it could be a completely different story. So wrestling documentaries are still fascinating, especially if they're about fascinating people like The Undertaker. I would recommend anyone who is a wrestling fan to go onto the WWE Network right now and watch The Last Ride, because I, uh, which is about The Undertaker um, in the past four years since WrestleMania in 2017, I think. It's kind of his journey till then and like, the effects of being so used to, like even though he was working a massively reduced schedule, like still coming off the hills of like, yeah, I've got this. I'm the, I'm the Undertaker, I can do that. And then like, what happens when you start to get a bit older and your body starts to catch up with you and the challenges of that, but challenges he like hasn't faced before. And like also it's really interesting to get the perspective of the other people of being like, when he's like sat there at one point being like, yeah, I've got like no confidence. I'm not sure I can do this anymore. And everyone else is like, you're the Undertaker. What are you talking about? Of course, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's that kind of thing, and just, but you know, it's really cool to see a documentary about someone who has been so dedicated to the wrestling business, and yeah, he's just the man. Like he's everyone, just everyone just respects him so much, and rightly so. Yeah, another person who I have a lot of respect for is. Woo, Ric Flair. <laughs> I love me some Ric Flair, and I love me a woo. Have you watched, do you watch a lot of like 
the 80s Ric Flair. I seen some of his old stuff. 80s Ric Flair. Like, he's always been quality, but like throughout his career. But 80s Ric Flair, man, pretty much untouchable. Yeah. I, I, in, I terms of, back. in terms of wrestling bad guys, he's kind of like the blueprint that good bad guys these days follow. Right. Pretty much. In terms of how you can be in the ring, like how to get heat, which is what it means when you get a crowd to boo you. He's like the best at that. Yeah. He could make everyone in that or everyone want to see him get beaten up. Yeah. He got a, he got attacked a few times and shit like that, didn't he? I'm sure he did. Like it would not support like back in the day when it was <laughs> still real to me, damn it. And like people would like, <laughs> he would rile people up so much. I'm sure. I'm sure he did. And, but uh, that, like, he's the type of guy that'd be like, "That's great. That's exactly what I wanted." Yeah. If absolutely. they're not wanting to attack me, I'm not doing my job properly. That whole kind of thing. So. Yeah. And he was the sort of fellow. He said, uh, "Whatever he said, he did." He was like on about women and partying and and everything. Yeah. Like there's that. a documentary. There's yeah. like, yeah, that's real. Yeah. I remember <laughs> he watching. Lived, he lived the part. I remember watching the documentary. I, that was a brilliant documentary. He was a very interesting character. Was it the? Tw- the actual documentary? Or I the, think it was the, the 24. 24, yeah. I think like, it was. That where it's sort of about the weekend of his last match and stuff. But it talks, it talks, well, his last match, WWE. Yeah. But it talks about his kind of whole career as well. Like yeah. Build up to it. It's yeah. Really, yeah, that's really good too. And then heard him, heard him on a couple of podcasts. I heard him on uh, no, one podcast, uh, Steve Austin's podcast. Absolutely phenomenal. Him listening, telling his story. And he used to go out drinking and then perform the next day and do that repeatedly. Yeah, like this whole thing, like that's what I mean. The one th- I'm obviously I'm by no means an experienced wrestler. Like I haven't been wrestling long. But the the like the idea of wrestling hungover to me is <laughs> like, oh like I can't imagine anything worse. There was one time I wasn't properly hungover, but I was just a little bit ropey. Like I'd had one too many drinks the night before and I wasn't like and that was terrible. Just because before you're just like, how am I going to get through this? So like being fully hungover. Respect. Respect. <laughs> respect. Doing it multiple times. Yeah, as well. and being as good as he was. Yeah, being as good as he was. You just there's like, like whatever our science tells us, there's always the exceptions to the rule. You know, some people fucking perform well under that circumstance. Yeah, yeah, and no, I was, but like, yeah, I know it was like the culture back then, or that was like just what they did but yeah, yeah. Ric Flair is the man woo love me <laughs> fucking Ric Flair woo um, we were speaking uh, before about you know having when you're resting you need to be at a certain level of fitness to avoid you know being gassed and like how your skills kind of go out the window and you're not going to gain any skills unless you get yourself up to we've already spoken about if, this haven't if, we if you don't if, <laughs> no 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 but like if you, if you don't have that conditioning you need to be an exceptional performer right. you need to be i just seen you got written down there you know it's got jake the snake and i'm we'll, not we'll come back i'm that. not i'm not there i'm not there saying that he wasn't like physically really fit because he obviously was but he didn't have to be mm-hmm. he's one of the most engaging like performers like everything he says, the way he delivers a promo, they're like everything he does in the ring, the way he wrestles. Like you just you just watch him like. And there's there's a lot like from what from what I could see, like the first time I saw him because I wasn't obviously, re- I was four or five when he was like a big part mm. of, uh, or like a big part of the shows and stuff. So I was like looking back and just watching him because of his reputation, and then you see him walking out and you're just like. All right, okay. So he's got like long, scraggly, messy hair, and he's got a snake in a bag. And then, but as soon as, but within thirty seconds, you're like, and you just can't stop watching him because he's just so such an engage. And like, he's one of those ones where it sounds really corny, but it's like you can't put your finger on it. He just had it. Yeah, he just had it. Yeah, that was. Uh, did you see the document? Well, I don't know if it was a documentary or it's a series on YouTube with him um, and Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, yeah, I did watch that. Like his rehab and recovery. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that was wicked as well. Yeah, that was interesting there, seeing like how there, there, there's some ups and downs in that documentary, man. Seriously, like, ups and downs, and in, 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 it's a tough industry to be in. Like, there's a lot of, lot of like obviously there's some good examples of people that come out of wrestling, but then there's obviously a lot of bad. But I suppose there's a lot of bad, end, but, uh, bad examples. Yeah, any both. sport I would consider a wrestling sport, anything where you're putting your body in the line like that, it's a, it's a. I, 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 I know people like 
my personal opinion of it is yes, it is very real. Mm. But the way, and like, it's, it's up for debate. I'm not saying I'm right. The way I would define sport is when there is a competitive nature to it. Mm. There are two teams, or more than two teams, playing to win, mm. which is what you're showing the audience in wrestling. But everyone knows that's not how it is. There is a competitiveness in the sense that everyone wants to look and be the best on the show. Mm. There is that. But you're not, by winning, you're not outdoing someone else by oh. being, you know, like it's not like winning a race. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I actually agree. I think sports entertainment is a really clever phrase. Yeah. And I think that sums it up perfectly. Absolutely. But uh, more so with um, when you're looking at like a lot of wrestlers, you know, obviously there's been ones that have ended up like, you know, there's a lot of incidents of like, you know, drink addiction and all that jazz. Um, and the yeah. same with like, you know, high, any sports like NFL and all those high impact sports, mm. people kind of wouldn't associate wrestling with that. They would say that as more as like, you know, it's a silly gimmick thing, but really these people are putting the body on the line as much oh, as, man. Yeah, much yeah, as yeah. sports people are, much as NFL players are taking hits and getting well, concussion. The way, so kind of, so we, cause we could just like talk about the reasons for it for ages, but I guess the way to sort of get straight to the point is nobody wants to be an addict. Mm. Nobody sets out and goes, uh, I'm going to get addicted to painkillers. Mm. I'm going to get addicted to alcohol. But like, there's a reason that they are. Mm. And yeah, the schedule for wrestling, if you're wrestling at the very highest level or anywhere near the highest level, is grueling. Mm. Like the WWE schedule is brutal. Like I can't remember the exact things off my head, but it's very, very little downtime. You're going from town to town to town to town to do show after show after show after show. When you're not doing the show these days, you're doing media. You, you've got to be in the gym making sure you're not completely behind on that. And there's, there's a reason when people come back, like these days, people will come back from an injury, like say a six to nine month layoff. And you'll be like, oh my God, they look amazing. Like they'll have no body fat. They'll be absolutely jacked. And then after six months on the road again, they've kind of lost that chiseledness because when you're on the road that much, it's you, it, you, as we were talking earlier, you've got to rest sometime. Like they're in the gym, but I'm sure like when they're coming back from an injury, that's all they're doing. They're just rehabbing in the gym, right? Exactly. You can get, but like when you're like, and they lose a bit of that physique, it's because you just physically can't. You can only do you so much. physically like. can't. And like, there's a whole thing about like performance enhancers and stuff. And when people, and like, again, there's a reason they are taking them because the schedule is so they they have to look big, but yeah, it's keeping the, like the, the to try and keep that sort of size for a lot of people would not be healthy without it. That's a simple fact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's and there's um, yeah, like I, yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's it's just there. Yeah, it is, and like it's a sad thing. Like people with like high level sports, you know the. That's, that's the case in a lot of places as well. Like, you know, performance enhancing drugs is allowing them to perform at that level and they justify that. And obviously, long-term things, and but people do these things for their passion or whatever they're doing. And I, I, don't, I don't, I wouldn't look down on people like that. A lot of people try to look down on people who I wouldn't look down on them. I wouldn't advocate it, no. but I wouldn't look down on them either because I don't think it's healthy to look down on anyone. No, no, and I don't, I don't think it's healthy to take them. Yeah, and I, but I don't think it's healthy to look down on anybody. You know, definitely, definitely not for that because no, I mean something had to be done about it because there's there was a spate a few uh, years ago, maybe ten or so years ago, where a lot of wrestlers were like dying quite young, mm. and it was a lot of time, unfortunately, like linked to abuses of stuff like that. And their heart just gave out or something like that. And so obviously something had to be so it was like safety, that's not good. Mm. But like passing passing judgment on something that you don't actually understand or fully know about, you can have an opinion on it, but you shouldn't block your ears to the other side of the argument. Yeah. Because you're you're never gonna you're never gonna you listen to people. You should listen to people and try and understand, but there's a that, lot of things that, you're just not gonna understand yeah, exactly. fully. Exactly. And like that's all you can do. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll finish on a bit more of a positive note and we'll talk about what it's like <laughs> yeah. to well, yeah. I'm kinda I'm kinda coming out of it, but 
joining the Bold Life gang. <laughs> it is it's something I dreaded for a long time because I started losing my hair when I was uh, I started losing my hair when I was seventeen. I started to notice like you'd get out of the shower and be like, your hands <laughs> would be covered in hair and oh god and. Um, you know, I get my hair from my mum's side of the family and her brother and dad started going bald at that age as well. So I was always very self-conscious about it. And then I started using uh, the Belgravia Center, which I would massively put over. If anyone wants to use um, hair replacement stuff, uh, that it's a tablet and it's also a liquid or a cream that you put on twice a day. And it really works and it grows your hair back uh, naturally. Are you getting sponsored? No. Unfortunately not, <laughs> but like if anyone is self-conscious yeah. about their hair and you don't want to go bald, give them a shout, mm. uh, you get a free consultation. And uh, then it got, and with acting as well, because I've got quite a baby face, but particularly in my early twenties, I just don't think I would have been able to carry off. I, I, I was looking at all the TV shows and films and stuff like that and people in plays and who was a successful actor. And I was thinking, right, I will lose more auditions than I will get if I'm bald. Mm. So I did it and it, and I don't regret it at all. I, it really helped my confidence, like, cause having thicker hair and not looking really thin on the, on, on the top. And then, uh, last year I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to take, I've been taking the tablets and the medication for six years. And I was like, my face has kind of matured a little bit. I can have some kind of like bump up here. And, uh, I've got to do it sometime. Mm. So I just, I did, I used it in a wrestling angle actually. I got shaved in the, I got, uh, well, I I got that, tied, yeah. tied to the ropes and forcibly shaved. <laughs> that was fun. Did and it for a cause. Yeah, yeah. But like now I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh, it's, it's all right. Mm. Don't mind being bald. Like I say, like it's raining outside. So I just roll out of bed, brush my teeth and I'm good to go. No one would be any the wiser. Class. <laughs> I kind of didn't even really think about it. It never, never worried me about going bald. I never noticed how bad my hairline was either because I had hair always at a fringe that kind of covered across. But there, whenever lockdown was around and there was no bowels, my hair was getting long. I was like, I always yes. pondered, always <laughs> pondered with the idea of, of going bald, but yeah. I never had the balls to do that. And it's, I it's, fucking just went for it. It's a lot easier. Liberating. It's a lot, it is liberating. <laughs> liberating is a good word. That is a good word for it. Yeah. You do feel liberated because you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna go. I'm just walk about, and I know exactly how I look, and I don't have to be constantly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't even need to look at my hair in the mirror in the morning. Yep. I have to look at my beard. That is. It's an impressive beard game you got going on right it's now. Massive, but impressed. I couldn't look after this and look after that, so I made it, easy, <laughs> made too, it easier for me. Too head. much responsibility. Too much responsibility. Yeah. I find it hard with this, and <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I'll fin we'll finish off on final few questions, which will be. What is the best movie or series you have watched recently? Recently, uh, I was I was talking about this earlier. I watched Little Fires Everywhere on. Um, I always get like paranoid that that's not the actual name for it, but I'm pretty sure it is called Little Fires Everywhere, ninety percent. But it's always the like, is it Little Flames Everywhere? But it's really good. Uh, it's got <laughs> Reese Witherspoon um, in it and uh, my wife read the book and loved the book and she saw the series and said it stands up to it. So don't be afraid if you like the book because a lot of the times films ain't as good as the book. But yeah, that was really, really cool. Really enjoyed that. That's on Amazon Prime. And uh, films. Oh, there's a film called Ladybird. I watched. Uh, I'm not sure if it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it still is. That's a really cool film. Ladybird. Ladybird. It's like a coming of age, but not told in a cheesy way. Uh, like it's a story about um, a girl in America who's in the latter stages of high school or, or like a schooling and like her experiences with like social and like first boyfriends and stuff like that. It's really cool. Interesting. Good film. Really Interesting. good film. Interesting choices. I appreciate them. I'll have to give them a wee goo. Yeah, man. Um, have you been reading much over the last wee while? Uh, I read the I read The Handmaid's Tale and I read Life of Pi, which oh, are both good. very good. Yeah, I've spent my lockdown bits of it reading those. You would recommend read, both? I would recommend both. Both really good. I think a lot of people may have read them already. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I know I'm late to the party on both of them. But yeah, I put... I put 
Cool. And that is us. Thank you very much for coming Sick, on man. again. That was good. Good buzz. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it myself. Cheers, Sorry. bro. Now, I hope you've enjoyed that. Very enjoyable podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed it, share a picture of it to your story. Tag me and the guest in it. And also leave a little review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. That is the platform that is the best to rate it on. And that's going to really bring the profile of the podcast up. Bring it up that chart and make it a lot easier for us to get some really great guests on. Even even more great guests on than we've already had. Um, if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about myself or what's going on with higher training, make sure to check out the Instagram page at coachpig underscore higher training. And if you want to sign up for the higher training newsletter, there is a link on my bio up there. You can sign up for free. Got plenty of recipes, movie recommendations, training tips, nutrition tips. And if you do want to sign up and become a client, there is a link for you on the Instagram bio there as well. All right. Thanks very much for listening.